Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. We are wrapping up this series that is entitled Beyond Ourselves and it's been a lot of fun to look at the the life of Nehemiah, and we've been studying his life, walking through this incredible, beautiful journey that he takes, and and how God calls him to live beyond himself. And today, we're going to do the same thing that we've done every single weekend in this series, is we're going to do a declaration together, and uh, it's going to be on the screen, and uh, let's say this together. You guys help me out. Please don't leave me hanging. Um, Are y'all having a good weekend? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, Let's do this together. Y'all ready? Okay. I declare, I believe, okay. We got three people. I need everybody. Like, if y'all do this really fast, you know, like, I'm going to preach fast, too. So um, (laughs) I declare, I believe that God created me to do something that matters. I will not be passive or indifferent. God, I'm open to what your spirit would say to me. I know, God, you will speak to me very directly and give me faith to step out and do something that is beyond myself. I will put actions behind my faith. I will demonstrate my faith by taking bold steps to move towards what God has put in my heart. My faith will not be hidden. It will be seen. I know when God sees my faith, he will show up and do amazing things. This is my declaration. Nehemiah, again, is is just an incredible story that teaches us so much and um, really shows us what it it looks like and how beautiful and exciting it is to live the life of moving beyond ourselves. And and what does it look like when my life is not just about me sitting around thinking about what I'm going through and thinking about how I feel and, and when I wake up in the morning and how many of you like, like, you never know, maybe don't raise your hand, but you live with somebody and you never know what kind of person's going to wake up the next day because they're a little grumpy and they're a little moody. And if they don't have coffee, they don't behave, right? And they don't get caffeine. And so it's kind of just like, you know, man, we're, we're kind of all over the place and, and, and we're just kind of grinding out every day and kind of moving along and And a lot of us are living really boring lives. We're just kind of going, you know what, I'm just kind of getting through it and I kind of want to be left alone and I kind of don't want to be like, if you're grumpy, stay away from me or I'm grumpy, I want to stay away from you or whatever. And I want to really remind you that that your faith and, and as a Christ follower, you cannot get through the pages of the Bible without understanding that the Bible calls us to live this exciting life. When we walk with God and how God works in our life and how God moves in our life, it's exciting. And Nehemiah 
is this guy that, he, that is living in this far land and he's away from his homeland. And again, um, if you were not here the last couple of weeks, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. You can really get the setup of what's going on, but he's this young guy that hears of an incredible need and the walls around his homeland are destroyed. And the fa his family members, the people that he loves, the people that he cares about, they don't have protection. And instead of saying, you know what, that's too bad. I hate that for them. He says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I am going to do something about it. And I, I've said this every weekend, and I believe that this is really a, a, an area that needs to be awakened inside of us, that the Holy Spirit needs to reveal this to us, that too many of us are really good at pointing out what's wrong in the world. We're, we're great at getting angry about things that are wrong, but very few people actually allow the pain of what's wrong in the world to invade their heart and say, I will do something about this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to bow up. I'm going to man up, woman up, whatever. And I am going to do something about it. I don't just get on Facebook or whatever and give my opinion. I care about this. And this is what Nehemiah does. Nehemiah says, I'm going to do something about it. And it's an incredible story how God uses them. And his relationship with God is just beautiful. And he goes and, man, he leaves the comfort of the palace. And he says, you know what? I, I could stay here and be comfortable. I could kind of chill and be with the king and get to eat all the good food. But no, I'm going to risk my life. I'm going to go do something about it. He goes and, and the Bible tells us in 54 days, he, some, he does something amazing. He rebuilds all the walls around Jerusalem. What's really amazing is not just that the fact that the walls got built, is that he got the people that were actually living in the city that weren't doing anything about it themselves. He's so full of God in his life that he's able to go inspire these people to get up off their rears and go do something, and they build these walls in 54 days. It's crazy. Most of us couldn't remodel our bathroom in 54 days. <laughs> You're like, remodel a bathroom? I can't even, some of you ladies are in here, I can't even get my husband to change the filter in 54 days. <laughs> but like, this is crazy how God used it. And it's just a beautiful story. It's, and when you look at the whole story and you, you see it in, in its entirety, you ask yourself, what really was it about Nehemiah? Because it wasn't easy. Like, I, I could show you so many different parts of, of what he was experiencing that it was a tough thing for him to do this. This was not some, oh, it's just easy. I'm, it's convenient. I think I'll go. You know, it's easy to do something for somebody else or or go make a difference when it's all just perfect. But isn't it true that it's really tough when things aren't really right and you're going through a lot of stuff that you don't want to do anything for anybody? Like, I don't know if this happens to you, but this happens to me. When I'm going through something, all I care about is what I'm going through. That's my flesh. That's, my, that's the, the self inside of me that I have to fight inside of me that, that I have to say, you know what? 
And Nehemiah shows us, and I want to show you just one verse that is probably, I would say, my favorite, favorite verse of the entire book, of this entire story. And it's found in Nehemiah chapter 8, <coughs> verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. This is what he says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's say that again. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. I know it's easy to rattle that off, especially if you're in church, you're like, yeah, the joy of the Lord, but we're like, we're miserable. Uh, you know, we, we love to kind of go, yeah, I got the joy of the Lord. You know, how many of y'all grew up in, in, in church and you remember in Sunday school singing that, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, we say, aren't y'all glad I'm not the worship pastor? I can't sing. Uh, but what does that look like? Nehemiah says something that he goes, he goes, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, he prays, one of the things that he prays continually is, God, would you make me stronger? Would you give me the strength to go build these walls? Would you give me the strength to go do this? Would you give me the strength to go before the king? I could lose my life, but would you give me the strength to do this? What, what, what does it look like? I, I know you probably have prayed before, God, would you make us stronger? Would you make our family stronger? Would you make me stronger? But what does that really mean? What does it mean for God to make you stronger? What, how did, did God make Nehemiah stronger? You find it in that verse. God made Nehemiah stronger through the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I want you to follow me today and, and, and stay with me for just a few moments because all of us, it, it's our default is we want to be happy and it's normal and it's a good idea to, to be happy. But isn't it true that, that our happiness kind of goes from one end to the other and one minute we're happy, the next minute we're not. And again, it's, we're all over the place and happiness is, is not a great goal to have because you can't have it all the time. I'm talking about like not, you know, it's easy to go, man, I was so happy this summer on vacation and anybody can be happy on, on, on at vacation. But what does it look like when you can say that, you know what, I, I'm going through some things in my life and, and this has been a tough thing, but I have the, the joy of the Lord. It, it is what is the joy of the Lord is what makes me strong. It's easy to think, well, it's the power of God, but it says that Nehemiah tells us that his secret sauce for his life, that what, what drives him is that, you know what he says, it's the joy of the Lord, that it makes me strong. Now listen, go back and read through some of the verses. 
Like you can go look in, in Nehemiah chapter six, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of them, but some of them, the scriptures will be on the, on the screen, but Nehemiah six, verse five through six, it talks about, there's a rumor about Nehemiah. There's people that didn't like what he was doing. And so they're, they're spreading all kinds of rumors about him that he's trying to take over the place of the king. And, and, and how many of you like, man, there's no joy in my life if there's a rumor about me. Like you're ticked that there's a rumor about you at work, right? You know, there, there's a rumor about you. And there's a rumor about Nehemiah and he says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In verse eight, he talks about that they're making up stuff about him. He talks about how they're trying to intimidate me. He talks about how the enemy, that, that they're, they're coming, they're saying all kinds of lies to him about, man, the enemies are coming to kill you tonight. There's people that are gonna try to, nobody like they did not like what he was doing. They're hoping to intimidate you. So there's rumors, there's intimidation, there's lies. They're coming to kill you. How many of you know most normal people are not gonna say they have joy? And this is the dilemma because, listen to me, all of us have an enemy of our soul. Every single one of us, his name is Satan. And Satan does not want you to live beyond yourself. Satan wants you to be consumed in your own little world, in your own little life, everything that's happening in your life. And God has a purpose and a plan for your life. You need to hear that over and over. You are not an accident. God has not called you to just exist and be miserable in this world, but God wants to use you. But what is he doing in your life? What is going on? Because it doesn't look like I, I gave my life to God and I thought it was going to be all like perfect. And now it's like all messed up. And it seems like the closer I get to God, the more problems I have, the more attack I have, the more struggles I'm having. And what is really going on? You've probably seen the signs of the Orange Theory Fitness Centers. They're like, I don't know if you've ever gone, gone in, but it's like crazy how they work out in there. And, um, but the story of how this really got started was in 2010, fitness director Ellen Latham, she had her own Pilates studio and um, she had this dream of, of taking her Pilates studio and, and turning it into a high intensity workout studio. And her goal was basically to take a 60 minute workout and combine endurance and strength and power. And that 60 minute workout was going to cause this orange effect. That the orange effect is that in the next 36 hours, your body is going to burn calories in a like crazy way. And this is how she started this business. And what, what she was, was really, she stumbled on this concept of, you know what, all of this, this um, 
endurance and strength and power, this workout, that the, 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 the working out so intensely, it's, it's creating this orange effect. And Nehemiah, he's not teaching us about the orange theory, but he's teaching us about the joy theory. And that, that the, the, the struggles and all the, the opposition and all the, the rumors, the lies about him, everything, the attacks. The Bible tells us when they're building the walls, the, the people that were working had to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. It was a battle. It was a fight to do this. Could it be maybe that the way God works his joy in your life is that he allows you to go through all kinds of stuff so he can show you that he's with you? Because anybody can have a superficial faith. Anybody can say, man, I believe in God. And, and, and it's easy to say in America that you're a Christian, that you believe in God. But when you really walk through something that stretches you and it works a muscle in your life that you go, man, I've never experienced that before. I've never gone through that before in my life, but that is working something inside of me. It begins to create this result, which is the joy of the Lord. And I wanna show you this, and if you wanna write some of these down today, just some real basic principles today that, that I believe will help you when it comes to this joy theory principle of, of when you go through all this stuff in your life, it's like a workout, like the orange theory, and it is working out this intensity and you are going through, man, I'm going through the worst storm of my life. We're going through a lot right now financially, or we're going through a lot personally, or I'm personally going through a lot. And I, man, it is like a major workout and it is producing this incredible joy in my life. You know, I believe that, that probably one of the greatest testimonies we can have as a Christ follower is to be a person who has joy no matter what you're going through. So what does it look like? How, how is it that you have the joy that, that, that Nehemiah is talking about here where he says the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, not your joy, but it's the joy of the Lord that gives you strength. Number one, if you want to write this down, joy comes when we remember God is at work in our lives. Joy comes when we remember God is at work in our lives. Nehemiah continually, you see that he, is, he, is, he knows that God is at work in his life. I love that in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, he's, he's, he's like, he hears all this junk, all the rumors. They're talking bad about him. You know, they're talking about his mama. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They're trying to get him to stop what he's doing. And he's, he's like, I'm doing such a great work. I cannot come down right now. I don't have, it's like, he's telling, I don't have time for this. I'm going to keep going. Do you really believe that God is at work in your life? Even when, when, man, you're going through a storm, you're going through stuff that, like you think of Nehemiah, he risked his life to go before the king. Like he could have lost everything, but he knew God was at work. God, God is at work in, you know, um, 
your marriage. Right now, maybe your marriage is flat and maybe you guys are going through something and you're like, you know what, we're just not connecting like we, we, we used to and it doesn't seem like we're, we're like, and, and you wanna use the word happy because this is what everybody says, I just wanna be happy, but what if I were to tell you that, that when you start thinking about and you start working out the muscle inside of your soul that says, God, my marriage is struggling, but God is at work. God is at work in my marriage. God is healing our marriage. God is, is restoring our marriage. That is working out the joy of the Lord is your strength in your life. Is that you can have joy all of a sudden in your marriage, even though it may not be perfect. Nobody has a perfect marriage. Your kids the same way. It's very easy to have this vision and dream for what you want your kids to be like. And you've got this perfection that you're wanting your kids to do everything perfect and, and they don't do what you say. And then you're like, well, I'm just not, I'm waiting around to be happy when my kids, listen, what if you were to say, listen, my kids aren't doing what I really want them to do, but God's at work. God is working. There are a lot of us, one of the reasons why we don't experience joy is because of our past. And, and everybody in here has made stupid decisions. We've all done dumb things. And it's very easy to go, well, you know what, man, I'm depressed. I'm, a little, I'm just sad. I've I'm, I'm, I'm got the sorrow inside of me because of my past. And, and how would it change if you just said, you know what, I've messed up so bad, but God is at work. He, he's restoring my life. He's restoring my marriage. He's restoring me personally. See, the enemy has tried to destroy your life and God is at work healing your life. See, nothing happens to you that God can't redeem. God can redeem anything and getting that through in your spirit that there is nothing that God cannot redeem. God is at work. Listen to these scriptures, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Psalms 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail, every detail of your life. God is at work. God knows exactly what you're going through. Number two, joy comes when we believe God answers prayer. Joy comes when we believe God answers prayer. Now, I know if I asked y'all to raise your hand, if you believe God answers prayer, probably every person in this place is going to raise their hand. But one of the things that you see in Nehemiah is that he really lives it. He really prays. Go look, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, and, and how that for days he mourned and fasted. He prayed to the God of heaven. And verse 6, he's, he's talking, he's like, and, and even when the king asks him, what, what do you want? And he goes and he has the boldness to tell him, I, listen, here's my list. I need the Home Depot card and, and uh, uh, like uh, um, I need guards and I need letters. And, and where did he get the boldness to go to, to do that? It's because he prayed. And joy comes when we believe God answers prayer. Are, are you truly like, Believing that God answers prayer? Do you believe God answers prayer so much that when you walk in here, and listen, I'm gonna kind of get up in your grill a little bit right now, but so many of you go through stuff and then 
Three months later, we find out what you went through. Why? Because you didn't have anybody pray for you. Do you believe in prayer enough to go, I know I want to go to Chachas today, but I want to beat the Baptist or whatever. Y'all think I don't see you? Y'all like, y'all got a little system. You're like half a cheek on the chair and you're like, as soon as he says, hey man, go get the kids, we're going and I'll get the car. I said cheek, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but what if like you're going through, like truly going through some stuff and you're like, I'm staying after church for a few minutes because I need somebody down at the front that is a part of the prayer team to pray for me. I, I believe in prayer. That, that God answers prayer. When you begin to believe that and process that muscle inside of your life that you say, joy comes when we believe God answers prayer, it brings joy. It brings this hope in your life. Do you believe enough in, in prayer to say, you know what, I'm gonna fill out a prayer card or go online and fill it out. Do you know that our pastoral staff, we all look at that, we all pray over that. It's not some little ritual that we do around here. It's, it works. But the joy of the Lord comes when I understand that God, see, this is not something you gotta make, like, oh, I gotta work myself up to it. It's, I have the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength because I understand my God is at work in my life and my God answers my prayers. I'm preaching really good. I know it's Labor Day. Y'all kind of laying back, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Philippians 1.19 says, For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I know that through your prayers this happened. It's through the prayer. It's through the prayers of Nehemiah that the people of Jerusalem were saved. This is why we did our prepare prayer night out at the land this last week. We prayed over our land. The 108 acres, we're praying over this new campus. Why? Because we believe God answers prayer. But it is what brings that true joy in your life. Number three, joy comes when we trust that God will not disappoint us. Joy comes when we trust that God will not disappoint us. And again, Nehemiah over and over, you see this, is that he talks about how great and awesome. And Nehemiah chapter one, verse five, he talks about how the God, uh, how great and awesome God is and that God keeps his promises. And do you really believe that God is not gonna disappoint you? See, if you believe that God's just trying to do your will and what you want, you're gonna be disappointed. But isn't it true that you look back and kind of in the rearview mirror of your life and the people you dated and people you thought you wanted to marry and you're like, thank God I didn't marry that person. Because you're like, everybody was like, no, don't do it. It's not a good idea. No, we're soulmates. And now you're like, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't marry that. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't buy that $200,000 truck. 
smart buy it, you know, like you financed it for 20 years. I've, listen, we've all done, and, 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 and that's our will, and we kind of try to manipulate God into it. But, but when, you, when you go, God, I trust that you're working. I trust, I know that you answer prayer. And God, I know that you will not disappoint me. I will, I will follow what you asked me to do, and I'm going to obey you, God, and I know that you are not going to disappoint me. This is, this is huge when it comes to our beyond commitment. I know I, I, it, it just blows me away how generous you guys are. And, and the, the sacrifices that you guys have made as a church and all of us, we, we're all doing this together, but everybody's got different stories. And I'm going to just say this to you. It's never been about the amount. It's about equal sacrifice that we sacrifice. Don't get... Like, well, I can't give $1,000 or whatever, and you're making these commitments. We had somebody that, that committed $6 a week, and I was like, I know, I know those people, and they, they can't afford that. But it's a step of faith of saying, God, I know you will not disappoint me. When, when, when I do something, when I, when I invest in the kingdom of God, when, when I make a difference for the kingdom of God, God, you're not going to disappoint me. Joy number, the last is joy comes when we put others before ourselves. And this kind of goes along with this last one where when it takes a lot to, to really believe that God's not going to disappoint you when you say, God, I'm going to put other people first. And I'm going to serve other people and I'm going to make a difference in people's lives. And this is what Nehemiah does. Nehemiah leaves this comfortable palace and he's like, man, he's got everything you can imagine. He leaves all of that and he goes, he gets attacked and, and all this nasty stuff said about him. Do you know that it takes a lot of faith to go like live that kind of life where you say, I, I'm not going to live for myself. The, 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 our, our, our selfishness and our, our, our self-sufficiency kind of thing inside of us where we want to just kind of take care of self. The self-sufficiency makes us think, well, I got to take care of me. And I got to do what, what is, is good for me. And, and, and it takes a lot to trust God that he's not going to disappoint us. And it takes a lot of, to go, you know what? This muscle, it, it is working out something inside of me because I, I, all I've known my whole life was to be selfish and be about me. But I'm realizing that it's making me miserable. And you begin to work this out where you begin to see that joy comes when you begin to put other people beyond yourself. I'm gonna ask you this question today and it just, there's no other way to put it, but are you connected to a group of people? Are you, are you, are you, you have a group of friends here at, at Creekwood that you say, you know what, and I know next weekend we're going to be talking to you about our brand new life group semester. We're super excited about it. And, you know, every year I say this because I, I feel like I need to say this is that some of you think we're trying to trick you into having friends and, and you're like, I'm good. I, I got my people, you know, I got my two little buddies over here and, I, but listen to me, you, you, you need this. And you're like, well, you know what? I don't really, I, there are people that need you. 
There are people out there that need you to go help them fix their brakes. There are people out there that need you to go help them fix their fence and just show up and do something and take care of them. There are people out there that need you to come over to their house and sit at their counter in their kitchen and just listen to them and and not try to give them a bunch of advice. See, you got a decision. Are you gonna go, man, I'm just camping out over here and we're sitting over here waiting to be happy and we've been trying to be happy, but we are miserable. We went and bought this and bought that and did this and we, we like, we've done all these different things. We're still miserable. Or you can say, what I want more than anything else in my life is I want the joy of the Lord. I want the joy of the Lord that it is going to be what is going to be my strength in my life. It's when I understand that God is at work and God is answering my prayers and God's not going to disappoint me because I serve a faithful God. See that that muscle has to be worked out and and it begins to to bring this this joy inside of your soul that is unexplainable. That when the people that know the truth about what you're going through in your life and they they go how in the world does that girl got how does she have joy? How does that guy have joy? It's the the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord when I go make a difference in somebody's life. It's the joy of the Lord when I show up on a weekend and I serve. I'm gonna tell you, every single one of you should be serving. There's not just a small little group of elite people that are supposed to be serving here at Creekwood. All of us are called, if you're here, God's called you to be a part of this. We need you. But more importantly, the people that have never come to this church need you. The greatest joy you're gonna experience in your life is when you show up and you have spent yourself making a difference in somebody's life and you say, man, I'm going through a lot, but I know God's working. God answers my prayer. God's not gonna disappoint me. And I am going to live beyond, I am not gonna live for myself. Would you pray with me? And I wanna ask you to stand to your feet at this time. I wanna dismiss us in just a few moments. And I wanna give you this opportunity and I'd like to ask you just to bow your heads. And I I wanna give you this opportunity to receive Christ into your life. If you've never received him in your life, you can do that right where you're at. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Make that decision today. Ask him to come into your life. Our prayer team is gonna be down here at the front at the end. If you would like to receive prayer, we wanna pray for you. Father, I pray that as I dismiss this service today, Lord, God, I pray that all of us would recognize that the happiness that we've been searching for in this world is, is it's elusive, it's, it's not real. That the only true joy in our life is what Nehemiah experienced and that is, it is the joy that God gives us, the joy that the Lord gives us, Lord. 
Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you that you're speaking into our lives. Go with us today, God, as we dismiss this service. In your holy name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.